Welcome to the Lock Sportscast, your weekly source for Lock Sport news and sometimes interviews. This is episode 62, recorded August 7th, 2021. I'm your host, Charles Current. In today's episode, Diggs Alpha Lock pre orders are open. Starry Lock's channel is back without subs. Sinking YouTube to Odyssey, Jimmy Long's Lockpick Project, Lock Restoration, a new Locksport book, two new black belts, meetups, new products, lockpicking criminals, sales, giveaways, and more. You can subscribe to the audio version of this show on most podcast apps and at thelocksportscast.com. If you don't already have one, you can find a Podcasting 2.0 compatible app at newpodcastapps.com. You can subscribe to the video version on YouTube. Links to stories discussed will be in the show notes. YouTube and some apps limit the length of show notes and the ability to post links, but you can always find full show notes with all the links at thelocksportscast.com. First item in the news today, Alpha pre-order released. If you aren't on the Lockpickers United Discord and you didn't listen to the conversation with Diggs episode I released Friday, the Alpha is a completely new lock designed and built by Diggs. Diggs is a U.S. Navy chief, mod of the Lockpickers United Discord, black belt picker, and the owner of Digby Lock and Tool. The Alpha is a completely new design, a brass lever-style wafer lock in a mortise-type format. If you haven't already, I recommend you listen to him talk about the Alpha in my last episode. I'll read some bits of the pre-order listing on digbylockandtool.com and link to it in the show notes so you can read the rest if you're interested. It says, This is a pre-order for an all-brass, except springs, wafer lock, which is styled like an old lever lock. It was conceived, designed, prototyped, and will be machined by Digs. Each lock comes with one key, and all are keyed alike for competition purposes. I will update my site at a minimum once a week each Saturday with the progress of the pre-order and the manufacturing of these items. This is a contest. I will do my level best to ship these on a timeline that has them arriving at each of your doors very close to or on the same day. First person to upload a complete pick and gut of this lock will be awarded a prize and recorded in the company history. Prize details are still being worked out. More to follow. Once the contest has been won, it is my intention to seek advice from all Alpha customers, as well as a few notable exceptions and locksmiths, to improve every aspect of the lock that can be improved and to adapt it to a usable industry standard. The lock in its current format, can be installed and used in certain applications, but will require you to find suitable hardware and drill tap the lock body. This particular lock was made as a challenge, as a collaboration, and specifically for collectors and lock pickers. As such, it is not tested or rated for installation, nor do I personally recommend it. Anyway, it's a very cool lock. I recommend you listen to the previous episode of the Lock Sportscast that was a conversation with Diggs and you can learn all about it. Next comes the news that Starry Lock's channel has been restored, but they didn't restore his subscribers. So any of you listened to last week's episode, we noted that Starry Lock's channel had been suspended. We didn't have information on why it had been suspended. We still don't. We had a quick speculation of what one reason could have been, but again, that was just wild speculation. Anyway, the channel has been restored, but they restored it with zero subscribers. He originally had over a thousand, I forget the exact number, but he had over a thousand subscribers. 
Now, at last check, I think he had 186 that we had gotten him back up to. So if you were subscribed to Starlux channel before, or you're just curious about his content, please go over, check out his channel, and resubscribe. It would be much appreciated. There's several things he can't do anymore that he was doing because he has lost his 1,000 subscriber minimum. So things like uh, live streaming from a mobile phone, stuff like that. So please go over and resubscribe. And on that same front, I've seen several YouTube channels suspended or deleted in the last year. Some of them Locksport, some not. But none are what I would call controversial. Most got their channels back, although sometimes it required extra pressure from campaigns on other social media sites. The Starry Lock suspension and reinstatement was perfectly timed with the Lock Sportscast YouTube channel reaching 500 subs. I was waiting until 500 subs to be able to sync the channel to Odyssey video platform. I had to wait till I reached 500 subs due to most of my videos being over 30 minutes in length. A bit more on that in a minute. As a side benefit, I found that Odyssey provides an RSS feed, which is podcast player compatible. That means you can subscribe to it as a video podcast in apps that support video podcasts and allow you to subscribe by manually entering a RSS URL, such as Apple Podcasts, but I think there are a couple others. I just can't think of which ones they are right now. You can find all the different ways to subscribe to the show at thelocksportscast.com slash subscribe. And to make it a little easier, because Odyssey's RSS address is a little weird, I created an easy-to-remember redirect link for the video RSS. I've tested this. It works in Apple Podcasts and, and a few others. And that is uh, www.thelocksportscast.com slash video RSS. You put that into Apple Podcasts or any other podcast player, and it will subscribe you to the feed for the video version of The Lock Sportscast. And the side benefit of that is you can watch it through your podcast player without having to stream it via the YouTube. And if YouTube, for some reason, decides that my channel needs to be suspended, the Odyssey channel that provides that feed will still be live. I'm also working to see if I can get that feed approved for Apple and Google podcast indexes. Spotify will not accept video podcasts yet, so that's that's a no-go. But uh, Google so far seems to have approved it. It hasn't shown up yet, but uh, it accepted the feed and all of its data. Apple is still Apple in their black box, and I won't know for a while whether it gets approved or not. And since there have been a few Locksport YouTube channels that have been suspended within the last year or so, I thought it might be a good idea to promote syncing your YouTube channel to Odyssey as a good way to ensure that your content will remain available even if YouTube takes you down. There are already a couple other Locksport YouTube channels that have recently done this. We have Bearsback and Pocket Woman over there, as well as my Charles Builds Crab channel and the Lock Sportscast. So if you want to do the same. There are a couple ways to create an Odyssey channel. You can just create a channel and manually upload all your content. Or if you meet some minimum requirements, you can automatically sync your YouTube channel with Odyssey. So if you think you might want to try this, I'm going to go over the basic requirements here. I will provide a link to the full information page in case you are interested too. Odyssey is the new front end for LBRY or library. The uh, the other video system. It's the same system, just Odyssey is their consumer front end for it. And it says, 
Odyssey.com offer an easy way for YouTubers to republish their content to the library network, engage with library users, and earn their LBC cryptocurrency. This program is available to new and existing library users. We provide a one-click sync process that gathers your channel and video metadata, creates a channel for you on library, and publishes your videos to it. To qualify, the channel must have over 300 YouTube subscribers and recent regular and original content. See the requirements and limits limitations section below for further details. Creators with over 500 subs qualify for uh, view rewards. They have some limitations listed on this, and this is the key part why I was waiting for 500 subscribers. Your YouTube subscription count must be public. They have some limits on the number of videos that will be synced. If you are under 600 subs, they will sync up to 80 videos. If you're under 800 subs, they will sync up to 200. Under 1,000 subs, 250. Under 5,000 subs, up to 400 videos will be synced. Over 10,000 subs, they will sync 500 videos and 1,000 videos for all higher sub counts. Video length limits. So these are the length limits of videos they will sync for any subscriber count. At 500 subs or under, only up to 30 minutes. At 1,000 subs or under, you get one hour videos or under will be synced. And two hours for all higher sub counts. Longer videos will be skipped. Videos bigger than two gigabytes will be synced at lower quality, e.g. 720 instead of 1080, stuff like that. Due to high demand, you will only be synced if you have at least 300 subscribers. Private or unlisted videos will not be published. Anything with a copyright flag or age-restricted videos will also be skipped. And this happened as part of my sync because my A Conversation With videos are quite often longer than one hour. Those I had to manually go back and re-upload to Odyssey because it didn't pull those, but it pulled everything else. So the system works quite well. And from now on, every time I publish a video that's less than an hour onto YouTube, it will automatically sync onto Odyssey. And if YouTube deletes the channel, they will not be deleted. Actually, it even states that in their little page here. It says, what happens if my videos get deleted from YouTube? Your already synced videos are uploaded to our server and won't be affected by changes occurring to your videos on YouTube. So anyway, again, I'll link that in the show notes. Back into Locksport news, the DEFCON 29 Lockpicking Village streams are up on the Tool US YouTube and Twitch channels. The different sessions that are up as of the recording time here are titled Intro to Lockpicking. Are we still doing it? 10 Locksport hobbies that go beyond lockpicking. Doors, cameras, and man traps, oh my. Law school for lockpickers. How I defeated the Western Electric 30C. So I will have links to the Tool US, Twitch, and YouTube channels in the show notes in case you aren't already subscribed. The Tool Black Bag blog has a new post up called Jimmy Long's Lockpick Project. I'll just read the very first bit here as a teaser. Jimmy Long's made a small batch of custom lockpicks and shared them with his friends to get feedback on the design and make them better. I was fortunate enough to be included in the European distribution and testing of the picks. And from there on, he gives a good review of the picks. I also have a set and have been testing them. I find them quite useful for the purpose that Jimmy originally stated when he asked me for feedback that being locks with the familiar U.S.-style keyways. Um, I also saw in a recent video that Mr. Paradise has actually just received a set, 
So I recommend you go check that blog post out. I really do enjoy the picks. I find the handles on them to be very comfortable. This is the second set he's sent out, and they are an improvement over the previous set. A little stronger, stiffer steel. Very nice to see. We have an update on the Brummie Corbin lock. The lock has been in the possession of the kilted lock picker who made a new log book and everything and was able to pick the lock. And he was doing a draw to determine who would be the next to receive the lock. That draw will be over by the time you hear this, but if you want to go check out his post about it, you should be able to find out who is going to be the next to receive it so you can see if you can get in line with that person. And Rune Picker put out a video called Walking Away with My Shirt at the Lockpicking Casino, in which he describes an interesting new game called Lockpicking Casino. It's an interesting game where you roll some dice to see how long you have to pick a lock. You go through, I forget, it's five or six locks and see how many you can beat the time in. That's an interesting concept. So, might be fun for some of you to give it a try. And if you do, please make a video about it and share it with us. And I came across an interesting post that piqued my interest on the Reddit, and it was titled, 12 Pen Key, Does Anyone Have Any More Info? Somebody in the comments piped up and said, it's for a Lockwood cylinder on a Jill Barco Vitor root pump. The first set of cuts operate the lock, while the last ones are a code that activates switches to identify truck drivers. And then they linked to another Reddit post on the locksmithing Reddit, that addressed the same key, it looks like. In that post, it said that the Lockwood cylinder on the Gilbarco slash Vitor root gasoline pump in a truck depot, the first four cuts operate a standard pin tumbler setup. The last eight operate micro switches that send out an 8-bit code to identify the driver getting fuel. If you look closely, you can see two depths, binary 1 and 0, giving 256 codes. And what's confusing to me about that is on the on the locksmithing post, there in, indeed do seem to be two bit depths in the last eight cuts. But in the if I'm looking at the picture right, in the one on the lockpicking subreddit, there appear to be three depths. Most of them align with two depths, but there's one that's cut even deeper. So if anybody has any info on it, links will be in the Show notes, let us know what you know if you know anything else about those. For videos I enjoyed this week, we had a couple of different videos on lock restoration. I thought these were quite interesting. Locksport Viking put out a video called Corbin Push Lock Restore, restoring a 100-year-old Corbin push lock and making a new key. He goes through a process with some cleaners and ultrasonic cleaning. It's also a very good video for learning how to take apart one of these push lock style locks to gut it and clean it. That's a good one to check out. And then also Fishpix put out his video, 43, Restoring Vintage Locks Using Electrolysis. The description reads, In this tutorial, I'll take you step by step through how you can restore rusted vintage locks using the magic of electrolysis. As a bonus, I'll also share the results of my first experimentation with ultrasonic cleaning technologies, a process ideal for locks with alloy components, which tend to not fare well when submitted to electrolysis. And I'll link that one in the show notes. It's, it's fish picks. They're always good quality videos, something interesting to watch. Another video I came across that I just thought was interesting was entitled 
how to make a lock with amazing skills. It's not on a normal lock sport channel, and I forget where I actually came across it, but it's an interesting lock of, I'm not sure if it's a, in Pakistan or India, but they're making lever locks, six lever lever locks by hand, with hand tools mostly, and a few punch presses. But anyway, really interesting stuff. A very hand fit and finish way to make sure that the key works. He hand files a key for the levers he's putting in the lock, and then they go through and build the whole thing with a hammer and punches and files, and it's just fascinating. Also, as a environmental health and safety employee, I found it incredibly uh, nerve-wracking to watch. How about how, how that's probably a good way to put it? Watching the the tools they use, and I know they've been doing it that way for a long time, and they're probably pretty adept at at, at not injuring themselves while doing it. But it is nerve-wracking for me to watch, and also you couldn't get away with most of the things they do here in the States. There's no guarding or safety measures at all, it seems. For meetups, just a quick reminder that Lock Camp has opened their sale for tickets. Lock Camp will be on November 12th through the 14th at Lockhart State Park in Lockhart, Texas. The ticket cost is $100, and you can check that out at the link in the show notes. For new products, Pocket Woman sent in a couple here. We've got Dark Arts Lockpicking has their new covert Slim Jim that's worn as a bracelet, and it's called the Viking Slim Jim Band. They are all handmade and custom and unique. He makes them one at a time and posts them to the store to be sold. The cost is $30 Australian, very affordable for a handmade product. She also points out that he has hand-filed cross-lock jiggler keys, and those are the cost of $20. Dark Arts Lockpicking, it's dalp, D-A-L-P dot com dot A-U, link in the show notes. She also pointed out that there is a new product from Law Lock Tools. She says, they have made the Echo Rake profile into a lockpick needle, very cool, called the Echo EPG Blades. They say they are getting fast opens with them using pulse tension and innovation in lockpicking needles, an item of picks that rarely gets modified by pick companies, as I have seen the standard ones for ages now. I think these are really clever. So I have a link to that in the show notes in case you're interested and you have one of their electric pick guns. And I also received a note from Culper Woodhull, who said, On January 10th, 2021, I emailed Multipick and requested that they make a companion to the popular dimple pick number 10, which favors the left side when picking. And oddly, this is the only dimple pick of theirs that does not have a companion. If you own a Multipick Elite G Pro, you will notice that there is one extra spot for another dimple pick. I always felt they intended on making a pick number 11, but for some reason it just fell through. Though I'm partial to pick numbers 4 and 5, number 10 is probably the most popular from what I gather from other lock sporters. So Culper reached out to them and asked them if they would be interested in making that missing pick. Then they said that they would they would, and it would take about six weeks. That six-week mark has been up, and he sent them a follow-up email, and they confirmed that pick number 11 is still in the works and to, quote, check in our shop in about two weeks. So thank you to Culper for 
thinking to reach out to him and ask the question and keep an eye out for the number 11 dimple tip from Multibank. And I received a tweet from Good Guy, aka B and E A to Z on Twitter, about a new Locksport book, and it's literally called Locksport. In his original tweet to me about the book, B and E A to Z said, Wish the cover was finished. July 22nd seems far out for a book already with editors. Hopefully, this is just a placeholder and unsure how long the 30% off will be a thing. And this looks like it could be a very useful book. I'm going to go ahead and read the description that's listed on the site here so that you can learn a little bit more about what this book is. Locksport is the ultimate guide to lock picking and the competitive sport of bypassing locking systems. Written by five champion lock pickers, this manual is full color, highly illustrated, and hands on. Readers will learn how locks work and where they're vulnerable. Get a guided tour of the tools of the trade and follow step-by-step fully illustrated tutorials in lock picking, impressioning, and safe manipulation. This is not about breaking in to steal something, but about the challenge of cracking into these sometimes complex mechanisms to penetrate a lock's defenses. You'll learn to understand the engineering behind various types of locks and the craft of hacking the machinery without damaging it. You'll first learn to pick familiar locks like padlocks and those you'd find on your own front door using picking tools like torsion wrenches, hooks, and rakes. You'll then learn about impressioning the art of creating your own working key from a blank by reading subtle marks the lock leaves in the metal. Finally, you'll crack into safes by systematically dialing numbers, recording your observations, and repeating your experiments. After some practice, you might find yourself ready to enter into recreational locksport contests, and the book advises you on how and where. This thorough manual is one for anyone interested in learning the delicate skill of cracking locks. Now, you might ask yourself, who are these five champion locksporters that the manual is authored by? Well, the site has the author bios. Josh Weirs is a world record holder in the field of lock impressioning and a mainstay participant at Locksport events around the world, president of Tool in the Netherlands, and a key figure at the Hack42 hackerspace. Josh is the mastermind behind the Beehive42.org initiative. Some people know him as Dutch Kilt Guy, featured in the New York Times, voted number two in the category Hackers and Security of the Nerd 101 list of June 2015. Then you have Matt Burrow, Matt Burrow is a devoted locksport hobbyist. His locksport highlights include placing twice in the Shmukon Lockpick Village competition, second place in the 2019 Tool US Lockfest Safe Manipulation Competition, and getting first round opens at every Tool NL LockCon since 2016. During the day, Matt is a professional red team operator and is the author of Pentesting Azure Applications. He holds a bachelor's degree in networking, security, and system administration, a master's degree in computer science, and a variety of industry certifications from GIAC, Microsoft, and offensive security. Walter Belgers is a hacker, having worked in IT security for all of his life, the majority as a penetration tester and currently as a security officer at Philips. He has a MS in computing science and has been on the internet since the 1980s. 
He is an honorary member of Tool, the Open Organization of Lockpickers, and NLUUG, the Dutch Unix Users Group. Walter likes to speak at technical conferences. He has co-invented a microcomputer without microprocessor and turned it into a DIY kit. His hobbies are diverse, but include drifting and rally driving, sailing, reading, traveling, and photography. And next is BNE A to Z. Is a GSA certified safe technician with years of experience opening safes around the world. He regularly publishes articles of interest in both the Locksmithing Magazine, Keynotes, and in the more specialized periodical Safe and Vault Technology, reaching safe engineers around the world. He is an active member in the Safe and Vault Technicians Association and National Safemen's Organization and numerous professional forums. And the last one, Nigel Tully was picking locks and subverting security as a schoolboy long before he had ever heard of locksmiths or locksport. However, it wasn't a career path, and so university called, and a job as an aerospace engineer with a sideline of databases and coding became his daily reality. He escaped before dying of boredom, but it was close. After quitting the big corp world, he spent a year learning absolutely everything he could about locks. This is before the internet was quite as valuable a resource as it is today, and rather a lot of self-teaching and figuring things out happened, and most locksmiths didn't even pick locks. As a locksmith for around 17 years now, he has watched as attitudes have changed, and has now taught thousands of people, including many other locksmiths, to pick locks at various courses, conferences, and events. He has lectured and presented at everything from corporate icebreaker events to, of course, the various LockCon. Under assorted NDA, he also consults with lock manufacturers and designers and found many an exploit for physical security devices, a dedicated maker of things, but especially tools. Anyway, sounds like a really fascinating book. I recommend you go over, check out the book. There is currently a 30% off offer with the code UNLOCK. So if you are interested, you can take advantage of that. The current release date says July of 2022, but hopefully that will get bumped up. Moving on to the Lockpickers United belts this week. For purple, we have Gilly Gaines, earned purple. No browns this week, but we did have two new reds. We have Greasy Green and Craig both earned their reds. And then we had a couple of black belt announcements. The first one reads, please congratulate Lock Jock Key on attaining black belt mastery with Lockpickers United. He picked his way into the Asa Twin 6000 with barrels, the Asa Twin V10 with gins, the Asa Twin Combi, and the newcomer Goal Z. For his epic quest, he took on learning and mastering the art of key impressioning. So congratulations, Lock Jockey. And those of you who listened to last week's episode may remember that I announced Inline Twin had earned her red belt. Well, this week, we have the announcement. Please welcome Inline Twin to the rank of Black Belt with Lockpickers United. On top of demonstrating her ability to pick the Bylock and EVA 3KS, she went on to manipulate a Group 2 safe dial and create a fun and quirky fully functioning lock from scratch. So congratulations to you, both of you, Lock Jockey and Inline Twin, for your black belts. 
an amazing accomplishment. All right, and with that, we will do a quick list of what the current Reddit belt counts are, because that was released last week. There are a total of 4,954 people participating in the Reddit belt system. Of those, 847 are white belts, 1,386 are yellow, 1,706 are orange, 578 are green, 193 are blue, 94 are purple, 49 are brown, 38 are red, and 63 now are black belts. And for anyone not already familiar with the Lockpickers United belt system, there are links in the show notes to the official page as well as some videos that explain how the system works. I recommend you go check them out and give it a shot. And now I'd like to take a break and say thank you to the people that made this episode possible. And let me emphasize that these people made this show possible. So far this year, I've had a lot less time and money to put in the show than I did last year. If it weren't for all the support from people like you, this show would have suffered. And I'm not sure in exactly what ways I would have had to, to chop things, but it would have suffered. So thank you to all of you and for all the different ways that you help support the show and keep it going. I really, really appreciate it. So first up are the Patreon subscribers. We have Medler, Pandafrog, Michael Gilchrist, Starlock, Williams Brain, Dave to be deciphered, Pat from Uncensored Tactical, PH Picker, Three Raccoons and a Croat, Cherell, Patty Cakes, Mog, John Locke, Rat Yoke, Mr. Picker, and Cranky Lock Picker. Thank you for paying the ongoing bills for hosting the podcast and stuff like that. I really appreciate that help. Chief content producer for this episode is Pocket Woman. She really stepped up and sent me a lot of information this week, and I really, really appreciate it. Other content producers for this episode, Anthony, a.k.a. Cherell, on Twitter, Culper Woodhull, Diggs, Evil Arch Conservative, Good Guy, a.k.a. B&E A to Z on Twitter, iFisk, Joshua Gonzalez, Lock Kraken, Pandafrog, Rune Picker, Starlock, Tony Varelli. So thank you to all of you for your support in getting me the information I need to get keep the show going. I really, really do appreciate it. And I really hope that the rest of you will take some time to go find these people, subscribe to their Twitter feeds, subscribe to their YouTube channel, follow them on whatever social media platform you happen to know they're on, and maybe give them a thanks for helping to make the show if you're, if you're finding value in the show. Also, remember that the show is only possible because of the information and support by the community. So if you do value the podcast, you can help support it. You can do that by sending in your news, links, events, information, anything you have that's Locksport related, anything you think the community would like to know. Everybody has their own unique corner of the internet, their own little groups, either online or in person that they do Locksport in. And you may have information that the rest of us don't. Please help everybody learn by sharing it with me, and I will share it with the rest of the community. You can find different ways to support the show at thelocksportscast.com slash support. You can share the show with your friends, either online or in person. You can leave a review on any podcast platform that supports reviews. You can leave a comment and thumbs up on YouTube or Odyssey. You can donate via PayPal or subscribe on Patreon. If you do subscribe on Patreon, you will get a private RSS feed that will allow you to get the audio version of the podcast a little early, usually about a day when I finish editing it, not at the normal release time. And if you don't know how to find that feed, just let me know, contact me, I will walk you through how to get it and get subscribed. As for the state of the podcast, 
Not too much going on. I'm still waiting to see if we've made it to the next stage of the People's Choice Podcast Awards. And as I'm recording this, that won't be announced till tomorrow. So we'll just wait and see. And I'll let you know next week, I guess. Also, some updates on the Discord, my Discord server. I've renamed the server to the Lock Sportscast to better go with what is happening over there now. I originally created the server for my Charles Builds Crap YouTube channel. So it was named CBC or Charles Builds Crap. But I, since most of what's happening there is due to the Lock Sportscast, I renamed it to the Lock Sportscast and changed the logo. So if you're seeing that change, I apologize if it confused you a little bit. Also, I'm going to make an effort to post more of the stories and info that comes in to the Discord in the Locksport News channel. I invite you to also post any news you have there. If you're a member over there, just go ahead and post in there. The giveaway channel, the news channel, and the media links channel all have a disclaimer there that anything you post in there, you're giving me permission to share on the show. You can go into the lockpicking or general chat channels if you want to share something that you don't want shared on the show. I won't automatically assume that I can share it. I might ask you if I can, but you, I won't assume that you automatically give me permission. Um, and just to say, I'm not trying to replace all of the other Locksport discords out there. There are a lot of them. Some of them are very, very active. And I think that's the best place to go for your general Locksport conversations. The Lock Sportscast Discord is mainly meant to be a place to talk about and share information about the show or to share information to share on the show. It's an easy place to get a hold of me because I will check and notice anything you put up there where it might get buried on some of the other sites. You can always also just DM me on Discord among the, the other ways to find me. If you would like to join the Lock Sportscast Discord, you can find a link for an invite in the show notes of every episode. If you want to send feedback, feel free. Go to locksportscast.com slash contact and contact me in any of the ways you see there. You can leave me feedback. You can ask for it to be private. You can ask for it to be public. Either way, I don't care. Just let me know what you would like. It can be a note, written note, a video or audio submission. If you want it to be shared on the show, I will accept any of those. Just send it in and ask me to share it, and I will. As long as it's work safe, reasonable length, no politics, no religion. Moving on to the locksmith story for this week. It's a short one because I know the rest of this podcast is running long. From American Key Supply again, it says, I arrived to a customer's call to make a new car key for a Jeep Cherokee 2002. When I arrived and saw the car, I noticed that there was a key on the roof of the car. Since the customer was short, he couldn't see the key up there. I asked him what the key looked like just to see if he was the actual owner and returned it to him. He thanked me and gave me a $200 tip just because of this. So, good job for that locksmith just being observant. In the lockpicking criminals section this week, we'll start off with a story called Stolen Gun, String of Burglaries Tied to Clark County Detectives Killing. This is actually out of Oregon. And the subtitle says, Thieves stole dozens of guns and tens of thousands of rounds of ammunition. As Clark County detectives built a case, it appears to have set a stage for a final confrontation. And this was a very long story, so I'm just going to abbreviate it here and kind of summarize what went on. According to court records from one storage unit, the suspects stole assault rifles and handguns, 
and at least 20,000 rounds of ammunition and a night vision monocular. Also stolen, detectives said, were a bunch of watches, expensive tires, and the owner's credit cards, birth certificate, and social security card. Two months after the storage unit break-in, police say one of the people being investigated shot and killed a Clark County Sheriff's Office detective that was investigating them. The documents also say the murder weapon was a silver revolver, and a serial number check of the revolver revealed that it was stolen, apparently in the storage unit break-in. So, a summary of the story here. On June 1st, surveillance cameras captured a blue Volvo SUV pulling up near Unit 109, according to Clark County Search Warrant. At 6.30 a.m., three people exited the vehicle and entered a neighboring unit to eventually gain access to 109 spoils. Detectives believe they broke in through a shared wall. Over the next two days, a similar pattern played out. The search warrant alleges footage reviewed by detectives caught multiple people accessing the unit and pilfering the weapons and ammo inside. On June 3rd, detectives saw a man and a woman pull up near the unit in a black truck. Over 46 minutes, the footage showed them hauling approximately 25 boxes to the pickup one by one. The detectives believed the, box con- the boxes contained ammunition. The man would later admit his involvement to police. He told the detectives that the woman enlisted him to open a safe and that it would be lucrative for him. He said he hauled the safe away and opened it elsewhere. Police say he has a history of breaking into storage units routinely. Since August, he's racked up more than a dozen counts of burglary in several Oregon counties, along with other charges. In November, he landed charges for trying to steal jewelry, military uniforms, and a safe from a mini storage in Lebanon. A month later, he was charged with stealing Native American artifacts from a U-Haul storage facility in Corvallis. By the time Clark County detectives questioned him, he was already in jail, arrested by Hood River Deputy July 3rd while allegedly attempting to break into another storage unit facility. The deputy reported finding him with a cut lock, a bolt cutter, and two orange-handled lock picks that he claimed were for his teeth. In talking with detectives about the Hazel Dell break-in, he implicated the woman, a second male suspect, and that man's girlfriend. The second male suspect may not have participated in the Hazel Dell heist, however. The Marion County Sheriff's Office told OPB that he was jailed on drug charges at the time of that break-in. The stint lasted from May 29th through June 19th. While the charges are still unresolved, he was released due to overcrowding, the sheriff's office noted. So on the day of the murder, that second male suspect, the female and her husband were together and nervous as they had reportedly already run from police earlier that day. At the Point Apartments in East Vancouver, the male became so convinced of police surveillance He left to confront a maroon-colored jeep in the parking lot, court documents show. There, he argued with the driver, Detective Brown. Then, a gunshot rang out. Family members told detectives that he was carrying a silver revolver in his waistband that night. After the shooting, the trio sped off in their friend's car and crashed about a mile away. Police arrested the female and her husband outside the nearby residence. A large silver revolver matching the description was discovered in the backyard by an agent and specially trained canine with the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms and Explosives. There was one spent shell casing in its chamber. The male suspect escaped only to be caught the next day in Salem. 
While the female has not incurred any charges related to Brown's killing, prosecutors had filed charges against her three days before Brown was shot. She faces multiple counts of identity theft and firearms theft related to the Hazel Dell burglary. On Tuesday, prosecutors leveled 31 more charges against her, mostly more firearms allegedly stolen from the Hazel Dell storage unit. They included multiple shotguns, rifles, handguns, and an AK-47. The documents also charged her with stealing two Taurus pistols, both silver revolvers, similar to the one police say they recovered not far from where Brown was killed. Her husband was charged with rendering criminal assistance for helping the male suspect flee. The next lockpicking criminal story is a short one. Out of the Turlock Journal, police nab suspected male thieves. The story says two Turlock men are facing several criminal charges after they were caught allegedly breaking into a mailbox. The Turlock Police Department dispatched officers to the area Sunday after receiving a call for two men who appeared to be breaking into a community mailbox. As officers and K-9 Ace arrived at the scene, they saw a crowbar on top of the community mailbox and two men standing nearby. One man claimed his mail was inside the mailbox and he was trying to break into the mailbox to retrieve it. Neither of them reside in the area. In the vehicle they were driving, multiple burglary tools were located, including various shaved keys, glass-breaking tools, lock picks, a saw, wire cutters, wire strippers, and a bag of suspected methamphetamine. One was arrested and booked for vandalism of a mailbox, resulting in over $400 damage, possession of burglary tools, and possession of a controlled substance. The other was arrested for possession of burglary tools, providing false identification, and was booked in county jail for multiple other felony warrants that were outstanding. Moving on to sales, basically very similar to last week, we have at lawlocktools.com, we have 20% off the Ridgeback set with the code RIDGEBACK20. 3DLockSport.com, we have 10% off with the code LSCAST10. Mako Locks, 15% off with the code BYMAKO. UKLockPickers.co.uk, 10% off with the code GIFT. In giveaways, LockKraken put up a video, August giveaway, hashtag KrakenAugust21. The rules, join the Million Scoville Locksport Club, or don't. Just use the hashtag KrakenAugust21 in a video to enter. And PandaFrog put up his August video and says, you get an extra entry if you do the giveaway in a panda costume, hashtag PandaFrog21Aug, A-U-G. The rules do a video, guess the weight and length of my son at his next doctor's appointment on the 10th of August, 2021. Shout out would be nice, but not mandatory. Must use the hashtag. Comment under this video to make sure I see your entry. Entries close 31st of August at 7 p.m. UTC plus one. Room Picker does frequent giveaways for the challenge locks that he picks. Be sure to check out his channel for the latest. CLK Supplies does the hashtag LockBoss giveaway. Be sure to check out their channel if you are into giveaways. And the Lock Sportscast, this podcast, has a monthly giveaway for a custom Packlock 100A or a $20 gift code for HooliganKeys.com. Details are in the show notes, or you can go to giveaway.thelocksportscast.com. Remember to send me any information you have that's LockSport-related doesn't matter how big, how small. If you think somebody else has probably sent it to me, they probably haven't. I could use every bit I can get. Even if it's too much, I can leave stuff on the table and maybe use them on a slow week. So please keep sending your information in. 
Thank you so much for all of your support. It has been a wonderful journey learning to podcast with all of you. And I I can't thank you enough. Thank you and keep it legal.